0: Welcome to Apologetics.com Radio, where, you ch- where we, hopefully, challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I am John. I am live in studio with some amazing, handsome, beautiful men. We've got Chris and Joel. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing all right. Doing great. Yeah. yeah. Joel,
0: Joel has been a long time since, yeah. since we've had you here. And uh, I'm so glad you're back, man. It's been like a couple months. It's amazing. It is. its absolutely has a journey. <laughs> yeah, it has been a journey, man. Well, for you especially, you've uh, you've been through a lot uh, these last couple months. Chris, you've come, I don't know, the last, I feel like you've been on, this is your third time? It's my third. Yeah. In maybe four months. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to have you back. Eric is missing tonight. He's not feeling well. <laughs> so uh, Eric, man, if you're listening, I hope you're feeling better. And uh, he was all set to come and then I had to drive him back home. So uh Anyways, uh, this is apologetics.com radio, and if you guys would like to get in touch with us, we would love that because we do the show for you, and you can give us a call at 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552, and uh, we would love to answer any of your questions having to do with values, uh, religion, uh, worldview, of course, apologetics. Um Anything to do with any of those subjects, uh, give us a call. And I, I do want to give a shout out to you guys listening, and, and I want to say thank you so so much. We've actually inc- uh, received kind of an increase in emails to uh, to the, the the website, and um, most of them are very encouraging, and uh, I, I really love those. Uh, that you guys are sending in uh, feel free to keep sending them feel free to give us uh, more criticism too uh, advice on how we can be better um, but but thank you so much for the encouragement we uh, we are volunteering our time here for you guys, and you are the really honestly you guys are the reason why we 're doing it it's it 's a lot of fun for us um, but we 're doing it to answer some of your your questions and hopefully you know we 're representing christ and and strengthening you you know iron sharpening iron and uh, offering some some robust reasons why to believe uh, in the Christian worldview and, uh, and contend for that truth out in the marketplace of ideas. So with that, I don't know if you guys realize this, but it is December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, December is like already upon us. I can't believe like what happened to November? <laughs> You know, I mean, what happened to July? <laughs> it's like, it's unbelievable. One of the hardest things for me is in California. We live in Southern California and the weather doesn't change all that much. I mean, it gets a little bit cooler, but it's still, I think the other day it was like, I mean, the other day we had straight up like 85, 90 degrees yep. right before Thanksgiving, uh, high winds and stuff. And I don't never know what time of year it is. And it seems to me like <laughs> this time of year, especially Thanksgiving, Christmas time, It's just like so warm out. Like Christmas Day, I I feel like I'm I'm sitting outside talking to my family, who's all on the East Coast, sweating.
1: Well, remember our church uh, set up outside on the parking lot, and we went through that whole winter without it raining on us once. Not even once. Yeah. that was Yeah, that's true. The whole winter. And
0: so we're sitting outside, Joel. Our church sits outside. Not anymore, but it was. I kind of miss the outside, to be honest with you. But (laughs) we would, excuse me, we'd set up in a parking lot. And it, yeah, it didn't rain on us. It was always, I remember one morning we were in my backyard, <coughs> excuse me, and everybody was complaining that it was too cold. And right before I was, I was preaching, I got up and as I was, before I started my sermon, I checked the temperature and it was 65. <laughs> so I just said to everybody, like, people, uh, I mean, it's 65 degrees yeah, yeah. people. I mean this is not I mean this is we're not talking, you know, this is not Siberia, yeah. right? You're not going to freeze. You know, you might have to put on a, a it's called a coat. It it goes over your t-shirt, you know? And uh and we will get through the next hour and 20 minutes. But but anyways, uh in December is there is there something that sticks out in December, gentlemen, as a as a major event? What is it?
2: Mm, Anybody?
1: Maybe um
2: I don't know. You Stuff happens anything? at the mall.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The mall. The, the mall. Uh, a lot of shopping and... for some reason. Sales,
0: <laughs> lots of shopping. Oh, gosh. I, Weird. I'm so glad that we associate <laughs> shopping with this. Uh, okay. So tonight we're going to talk about materialism. i switching things <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Is a
2: holiday like commercialness or something commercial-ness. like that? Something like yeah, Commercialness. Yeah. Commercialness. Commercialness. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> I feel like it is. Yes, you're right. It's Christmas, okay? I'm just oh, going to say yeah. it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Slackers Can we say here, that right? on the air? Yeah, we can say Christmas. <laughs> yes, we can. We can say Christmas. And uh, it is. It's Christmas at the end of the month. If you guys don't know that, uh, you might be living under a rock. Um, but it is. It's Christmas. And uh, a lot of come, things come up uh, during the Christmas season. And uh, this is going to be kind of our Christmas show because uh, we're the, this is the only show that we're going to have together. And then uh, we'll switch to other, uh, other hosts for the rest of the month. But I want to ask a question. Okay, what, what's you guys' favorite Christmas movie? I was just thinking about that. Um, Bishop's Wife. Solid. Mm. That's a solid answer. Mine was going to be Die Hard, but okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Wow, Bishop's Wife. Fantastic. Which version? Uh, oh, the old one. The old one. Not, yeah. the, not the one with um,
2: Denzel Washington. It's nice, but I, I prefer... I, I feel like it misses something from the old uh, film. There's something very... Uh, I mean it's very the the acting's very stylized but it's um there's something I felt more heartfelt in the older nice old version okay that's awesome is that a movie that you watch every year I try to yeah yeah you and your wife yeah I like that okay okay i was just thinking about the the ending sermon <laughs> i don't re- i don't know if i've ever i don't know I, if i've, I've ever i've never seen the movie. movie i've
0: seen the one with Denzel washington but i haven't ever seen the old one so what what's the
2: what's the the sermon well um uh, the sermon at the end is uh, the. It starts off saying that talking about all the the how we're preoccupied with getting gifts for our various people in our life, and um, it ends with uh, what about the child in the manger? It's his birthday. Ooh. What are we going to give to him? Ooh. And he starts talking about the things in our heart. Oh. Ah. That, that Jesus wants. So that always it's always I mean the movie itself is very deep but it ends on it really uh hits its deepest moment I think at the at end. The end.
0: That's way deeper than Bruce Willis in <laughs> Nagata- Nagataki Plaza. Uh Well, I like blowing stuff I like up. the
2: villain falling. You know, that was a good that was a good moment. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Hans. That warms my heart. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. There uh, anyways, okay. Joel, I'm so glad you came, lending authority to the show. Thank God, Chris. What, 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 like, what's your favorite movie?
1: Oh man, Christmas movie. Well, growing up, it was Christmas Story. Yeah. So Christmas Story was my, my jam, and then Christmas I think <laughs> I think re- recently with my boys, um, Elf is actually. Oh become, my gosh, has that, become, uh, I wouldn't even thought of that.
0: That's yes, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: fantastic.
1: Yeah, and just to throw a weird one out there, Citizen Kane. Citizen oh, Kane is supposed to be, like, the best movie ever. Made. I
2: haven't seen that yet.
1: Really? I haven't seen it yet. Is that the one, is that the one Rosebud? Time. Yeah. Yes. The sled, right? Yeah, did yeah. I spoil that for everybody if you haven't seen yes. it? Yes. You did. But that's fine. Well, anyways. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty old, so if they haven't seen it yet, yeah, you know. Tough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you ain't going to see it. You know? Yeah, that's okay. Wow, the elf is really, really funny. Yeah,
1: elf is... I mean, it's a classic for sure.
0: That is a classic. And also well, it was the Christmas story. I mean, a Christmas story is like, I mean, everybody's seen that. Oh, oh, My oh, wife oh. one year got me a leg lamp. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> <No laughs> She did as a present. A mini one. It was it's legit. Hilarious. It was funny. She got it for me, but then she wouldn't let me put it out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like the reverse of the uh, actual story, right? Yeah. Like where he wins it and then she doesn't want it. Like, she like, got it for me it was like, yeah, but you can't like display that. Like that's it was a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> that's a that's an absolute joke. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, um, my favorite. I'm joking. Die Hard is is like always debatable. Is the Christmas movie or not? That's it's a good movie. But my favorite Christmas movie. You guys are gonna laugh. And there's two. One is a, a super serious one, and I love it. It's um a Wonderful Life.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, fantastic movie, guys. I mean. I love everything about that movie. I love the sovereignty of God aspect in it. I love the idea that um, even as insignificant as any of us might think that we play a role in this in this world. Once you remove ourselves, um, you see how significant your role actually is in the lives of so many. The world would li- literally be different if any one of us uh, was absent from it. And I love that, especially in the context of the business that I'm in. Like my my stuff with Stand to Reason. All the suicide talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's always on the front of my mind that, that you matter. Each one of us yeah. matters. And and George Bailey, uh, through his, uh, I just love the movie. It's
2: so good. Um, it's a great film. It's such a good movie. I think one of the things that makes it, one of the many things I think that makes it great was the moment where uh, George is praying. And. uh Yeah. Uh, the actor uh, Jimmy Stewart didn't actually anticipate getting into that moment the way that he did, but True. he fully—he was on the inside. He stuff. fully yeah. lost his control of his emotions in that moment, and he totally got into character. Oh, is that right? He's—he literally broke down, and you can tell that—that that that's not just dramatic, you know, flair. I love it, and that's why I think. What that's one of the things I think that makes the movie so powerful is that he. <laughs> He does cry out to God. Yeah, interesting. And this is that this movie is the becomes the answer to the prayer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. The um I love everything about that movie. Another movie, you guys might laugh. Don't laugh at me. I absolutely love the claymation version of A Little Drummer Boy.
2: Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah,
0: I watch that every year. And I love I love that movie. And A Little Drummer Boy is my favorite I don't know if it's heretical. It's certainly not accurate. <laughs> but that that just the song. You know, specifically yes. um the version it's it's sung by oh my gosh, uh Seeger. Mm. Um Bob Seeger. Mm. He has a version. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I just love the the story that's being told and at the end if you guys remember um. So uh, the the little drummer boy has a bunch of, he's going around with a bunch of animals. You know, he plays his drums and he's in like kind of almost a circus event. And then the animals follow him out of that. And Baba is his uh, little lamb. And Baba gets run over by a Roman uh, chariot. Oh. And he's going to die. Well, people point to him to go see this new king who was just born, this savior, this person who can do miracles. So he brings the, ba- the, the, the lamb to uh, Jesus at the where he's born. I mean, it's the evening that he's born and he's asking all these things, you know, I have nothing to give to you. And I love just that message Mm -hmm. in it. But one of the reasons why I really like this movie is what it depicts that first Christmas evening or morning when Jesus was born. And it kind of leads kind of like to the topic that I'd like to talk about a little bit tonight about maybe what images when we think of the first Christmas, what images pop into our minds, that might not necessarily be true. You know, some, some myths about the Christmas story. Uh, I'll give you an example. So, so what images uh, does that first Christmas conjure up in my mind? One is that Jesus was born in the stable. You know, there's this idea that, uh, that Mary and Joseph are on this long journey and she goes into labor. And all of a sudden, she needs to find a place to birth Jesus. She's knocking on all these doors. I'm sorry, no room here, no room here, no room here. I can't, you can't do this. Maybe you can use my band or my stable or whatever. And they go there and they use a stable. Uh, What do you guys picture? Uh, That first scene, that first Christmas morning. What do you guys think? I mean,
1: I just see that silhouette, you know, of like a little hut kind of shelter with, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And then... Three dudes and camels and whatnot
2: the the magi yeah, right yeah. yeah, and the star over the yep the major
0: so the three wise men, yep right yeah, absolutely, um how about you
2: joel the 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 star is iconic over the major the the three wise men and the shepherds together yeah, absolutely,
0: but do these things actually reflect what happened on that christmas morning i, I want to there's there's certain things that um that we think and that we believe were a part of that first morning that I'm going to argue aren't, um, in scripture. Hmm. So one is uh, that Jesus was born in the stable. The second is that Jesus was placed in a manger, uh, waiting for his visitors, which came that evening, right? The the three wise men were there to witness Jesus's birth or him at least as a newborn baby. And then how about Jesus born on December 25th? (laughs) Where do we get that from? You know? And then I want to bring up the fact and kind of tie it all in together, hopefully, in the next 40 minutes or so. If these things are false, does that mean that we need to question uh, not just the magic or the, like, uh, Christmas? Is Christmas ruined? But also, can we we trust the Bible? You know? Mm -hmm. So... I just like to kind of shoot these things around, you know, was, was Jesus born in a stable, you know, because because there was no room at the inn, right? So I want to start by reading this passage from Luke 2, uh, 1 through 7. I'm going to read it, and then maybe we could talk about it really quickly. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. So this is how, how Luke 2, 1 through 7, this is what it says. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar, Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house of the family of David in order to register along with Mary who was engaged to him and was with child while they were there. A days, the days were completed for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the what? In the inn. Okay, so what do you guys see there? Was Jesus born in the stable? No. No?
1: How do you know? Uh, Because it doesn't say that he was.
0: Where was Jesus born?
1: Um first one wrapped in laid him in a manger. That's all we know.
0: Laid him in a the manger. There's no room in the inn. Yeah. You know, so so was Jesus born in the stable because there was no room in the, I don't think so. You know, from the text. You know, the the Bible do you want to say something, Joel? I'm I'm not sure. I'm still thinking about it. You're still it. thinking about it? I know I sprung this stuff on you yeah. guys. I feel kinda of bad. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm the one with all the answers, you know. No, no, but but here's what the Bible, okay, the, the Bible doesn't p- depict, uh, first of all, Mary and Joseph knocking on all these doors, like I had said, looking for a place to live. Right. Notice here that, you know, um, that, that they're going back to the place where Joseph was from, okay? Joseph was from, his, his lineage is through this, this place that they're traveling to, so most likely he knew people there. He wasn't a stranger there. Also notice that in the scripture here, so so they weren't like rushing around trying to find somebody; they were going to a place where they were expected, where they knew they had some place to go. They had family there. They weren't just like looking for random family. And notice at the end there, she give birth. Um, where is it? Verse six says, "While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth." Notice this: while they were there, the mm-hmm. days were completed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's not like in the middle of the night, like like uh, you know mm-hmm. we see in the movies. En so, route. Yeah, in yeah, root. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like an emergency, you know. they the, the, the people in the first century, let's keep in mind that they, we're not dealing with Neanderthals, right? They, they knew how, better than probably any, like any of us, certainly in this room, they knew more about childbirth. Uh, at least how it happens and stuff than, than a lot of us do. Because, uh, well, they were, it was up to them to birth their children. They didn't have all the doctors and the medical stuff. They knew childbirth, just like they knew death. Right. They, they knew death better than any of us most likely did. They smelt death. They touched death. They they interacted with it.
2: Right. J. Warner Wallace kind of gets into that. Does he really? The, yeah. That people people weren't as insulated from death. And so uh, they're they're more likely to know, like, say, how long somebody's been dead. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, and and the same things with birth. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. The, they weren't like they weren't ignorant. Right. You know, they knew that, that you know, the uh, how long gestation was, they knew they could track where they were in the pregnancy. So Mary and Joseph didn't like they planned this trip. It was planned. So they weren't like randomly knocking on doors, is is I guess what I'm getting at, you know. You know, and and so they weren't randomly knocking on doors looking for a place to live. And I think that the idea stems from a misuse of the word in INN in Luke two seven. You know, and it's from this one this is a mistranslation. It's from this one mistranslation that a number of fallacies are born um, and uh, that, the, the, you know, that the innkeeper and his wife, they didn't have any room for them. But the, it's a mistranslation because the, the word that's used there is kataluma, and it, it's, the, it's, it's not the word that we should be translating as inn. It's not even the right word. And actually the 2011 NIV, if you read the 2011 NIV, it, it, uh, it, changes, it corrects the translation because it's supposed to say upper room. Hmm. It says upper room. And why is this important? <laughs> well, it's important because uh, I, I find this stuff like so fascinating and you guys are kind of staring at me like, who cares, man? Like, but I find it really fascinating because the way that the houses were built back in the day in, in, um, in Jerusalem is that there was an upper room and a lower room. The upper room is where the family interacted. They slept, they ate. The lower room is where they would keep the animals in the winter at night to keep them safe. And there was no like wall of separation. What it was is it was literally a lower room, and then honed out of the floor in the upper room at the edge of the lower room were these feeding troughs for the animals. So you know their their cows could come up in. Well, I don't know if they had cows, but you know their their lambs could come up and feed in those troughs. They're camels, camels. I think they had camels, <laughs> right? Did they have camels? I have no idea. I mean, I think in, in our was, nativity well, scene, there's camels. I know this so. is the other thing. Like <laughs> what camel going actually... through the eye of the needle? Yeah, yes, that's yeah. true. They
2: did have camels. so They would have, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, the, the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet is named after the camel. Gimel. Is that right? Oh, so, see, you know everything. They've, they've been around for a while. This is unbelievable. <laughs> been, you, know,
0: <laughs> it, you know, it's like, yeah, anyways. So we know that this is a mistranslation because if, if we were to read the parable of the Good Samaritan, the word in is properly translated um, in that one. And it's, I can't even pronounce it. Uh, it's it's pandashion is the word for in. You know, so it's the Good Samaritan. You know uh, that that brought the the injured guy to the to the inn where he stayed, like the hotel. Well, that's not the word that's used. That's it's just a mistranslation. It's not good. So and and I already mentioned that we want to keep in mind that Joseph and Mary were in this strange place. So there wasn't no room in the inn. There was no room
1: in the upper room. So you're saying it's maybe like a family's house.
0: It's probably Joseph's relatives' house. Some some form of relative, a distant cousin or something like that that and and um and they knew they were coming but there was no room for them because it was already packed because everybody's going to this area for the census right so they put them down in the lower room because and this is this is going to be a part of my argument for the ne- one of the next things because it was springtime or else so the, there animals, the animals down there the animals oh, were gotcha. out in pasture gotcha yeah. so they weren't in the lower room so they they gave birth in the lower room in the house still and they laid baby Jesus not in a manger, but in the feeding trough that was honed out of stone. Hmm. And uh, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I, it's plausible. Sounds plausible it's, to me.
2: It's an interesting idea. I'd have to think about it more. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if um, does the uh, does the author in Acts use the same word for the upper room when they were all in one accord? Wasn't that wasn't that the upper room? It is. Yes. Yeah. No, it is.
0: It's that. It's the same word. as same upper word. Room. That's oh. a, that's a good point, Interesting. Joel. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really really good point. Yeah. So it's the same room. It's the same word. I forget what it is. I, you know, I pretend that I know Hebrew yeah. or Greek rather. I don't. Kataluma. So it's Kataluma is is upper room. It doesn't. It's not in. So in all these movies, in all these things, even the little drummer boy. It's a, it's a misrepresentation of what happens. Now, does that mean that the Bible was wrong? No. It means that the movie is wrong. Right. <laughs> you know, right. So just because the movie is wrong, it doesn't mean that, that we have to, you know, and we already talked like, so, so if Jesus was actually born in a house, the lower room, then why does the Bible say that he was placed in a manger? Well, the manger is just a feeding trough for the animal. And we kind of, that was the second point. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, we have a we have a break coming up. And after the break, I want to talk about the. Well, we have actually have a caller, so uh, I think it's Iamek. If you're just hold on for us, he's been on hold for a while, like right since we started. And uh, and I'll, I'll take a call call right after the break. But um, the the next thing I want to talk about tonight is the idea of these three wise men. I mean, when you picture the the scene, what do you guys picture?
1: The scene, the night of.
0: Yeah, like like when you picture, so you picture the, the wise men coming the night of or shortly thereafter? Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't necessarily because I've heard lots of different, you know, explanations. Um, but in the traditional scene that we've all seen every Christmas, yes, I see the three wise men, just three. And we see their animals and we see their gifts. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Right I mean, next you, to Jesus and Mary and Joseph.
0: Joel, do you guys have a nativity scene set up at home?
2: No, no, but I mean... I I I mean, uh, more realistically, I probably picture a caravan. But right, right. Um, but in the like but Aladdin, in the, the, right. Yeah, but exactly. I like in the icon, iconic <laughs> scene, yeah. There's like three guys, and they're each carrying a different gift. Mm-hmm. And there's one there's one king for every gift. You know? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> there's kings, one, right. the one that has incense, the one that has gold, the one that has myrrh. Myrrh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, it, it's always it's always crazy when we start talking about this stuff because like, where are we getting? It's kind of like one of the points that I want to draw out is where are we getting the information that forms our view of Christmas morning? Right. Christmas From, is a pretty significant, you know, day. Right. right? When we, we celebrate Christmas, it's pretty significant. And the, the thread throughout this whole thing is I want to believe what's true. Right. You know, I don't want to believe just these made-up fanciful stories. I just want to believe what's true. And if it's not true, I don't want to believe it. I'm not saying that we can't have fun with it. We have a, We have an awesome like wooden major that uh, like, I buy pieces every um, every year for my wife, you know, we build onto it, it's ginormous now. Like we've got all these angels and none of it's, I mean none of that, none of it's biblical, right? <laughs> um, as far as like what's in the, the, the text and all these different animals, that's another thing is like, what animals right. do we have in our manger scene that were actually like first century, you know, uh, available animals in the first century in that area of the world. But we always have the three wise men. My kids love the three wise men, mm-hmm. and they're all huddled around the, this little baby Jesus that's in a manger. But is it true? That's what I want to know. Yeah. And, and I, I think that we want to uh, wrestle with this. You know, it, it, there's, there's a different time frame used by Matthew and Luke. I think that leads to kind of some of our, con, some of our confusion. Um, but when we look after the break, we're going to look at the, the text of Matthew, and we're going to see what it says about Jesus and his age. And I think that we're going to be kind of surprised that maybe Jesus wasn't this little baby infant in the manger, but he was a little toddler, hmm. little little hmm. toddler Jesus running around, you know, causing wreaking havoc all over the place, <laughs> you know, lighting uh, lighting mangers on fire. No, I'm just, no, he didn't do that. But uh, but hey, guys, uh, that's the music, and we're going to come up for a break. Uh, our caller's on the line. We're going to take you right back right when we get back. And uh, this is Apologetics.com radio will be back in like 90 seconds. mission of apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio on the internet and now in the life of the mind conferences if you believe in the work that apologetics.com is doing we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air on the web and in events near you Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com.
1: John MacArthur with more portraits of grace. For centuries, Israel has eagerly awaited the promised Messiah. Yet, in the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah already came. But since he didn't fit Israel's blueprint of a reigning political Messiah who would deliver them from Roman oppression, the nation rejected him, tossing him aside like a worthless rock. Christ, this rejected cornerstone, however, is precious to believers, but remains a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to unbelievers. People trip over a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense is large enough to crush a person. The point is clear. Rejecting Christ brings spiritual devastation of enormous proportions. Let such a frightening reality motivate you to take every opportunity to evangelize the lost. This is John MacArthur praying you're continuing
3: to be portraits of grace. Hi, ladies. Welcome to Open My Eyes. I'm Lori Wilburn. Have you allowed the voices of culture to silence the name of Jesus from your lips? In Acts 4, we hear a bold statement by Peter and John. They, too, were being pressured to keep silent about their faith. In verses 19 and 20, we read, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. The disciples had seen with their own eyes and touched with their own hands the resurrected Lord. As a result, His glory was undeniable and their obedience to Him was irrepressible. Ladies, we can't let the world silence us. May God give us holy boldness to open our mouths and proclaim the name of Jesus. To learn more, visit my blog at corechurchla.org.
1: All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show.
0: And good evening, guys. Uh, This is John at Apologetics.com radio. We are talking about Christmas right now and some of the stories that, or parts of the Christmas story that we believe that might not be true. We just talked a little bit about um, Jesus's birth uh, in a manger or placed in a manger born in like a barn or a stable and saw that he was in the lower room there was not no room at the inn. there was no room in the upper room and he was placed in the lower room or he Mary gave birth in the lower room and he was placed in a feeding trough which is uh, a manger that was hung out of probably stone that was part of the house and if you guys want to hear about that you got to rewind this um, uh, on the podcast and hear it but I'd like to start off by taking a question from one of our callers this evening, and hello, is
4: it is it Iamec? No, no, my my name is Lamec. La, oh, like that's an a, L. L-A-L-A-M-E-C, L-A-M-E-C, Lamec.
0: Awesome, man, Lamec, man, how, how are you doing tonight?
4: Uh, well, the reason, uh, first of all, uh, uh, thank you for this program.
0: Oh, thank you, thanks uh, for calling,
4: man. Yeah, and uh, the reason I'm calling, I am from Guatemalan. Okay. Guatemalan, my beautiful country. I'm not supposed to be here, but I don't know why God bring me here. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm calling is because I'll find in the scripture, not in my mind, all the scriptures, uh, made in by the prophet, uh, made him by the... Uh, by the disciples of Jesus Christ. Anyhow, so but uh, specifically in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Zechariah. I want to know if you know what is specifically name of the nations on um, Zechariah chapter. I believe is a chapter eight uh, and verse seven and eight uh Zechariah okay so and, z- and three things three things uh I don't know if you had the Bible there available oh yeah
0: so we're looking at Zechariah chapter eight
4: chapter, chapter eight verse seven and eight so I want to know which which what's the name of these nations wasn't or are now because God promised to to defend us
0: from these two nations. Sure. So let me, let's just read it, right? So so Zechariah 8, 7 and 8 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. And this is, I'm, I'm reading from, hold on one second, let me, uh, let me go to my preferred translation, NASB. And so I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible version. So chapter 8, verses, Uh, 7 and 8, the the Lord of armies says this, behold, I'm going to save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west, and I'll bring them back, and they will live in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. So your question is about what countries?
4: Yes, I want to know, because I understand God going to defend their people, right?
0: Yep. Going well, to
4: defend their, their their people. I am the people of God. No matter what, if I am not from Israel, I am the people of God. Okay. I am the man of God. So yep. he says, going to bring the people to Jerusalem. Yep. So, uh, I don't know if I want to go back to Jerusalem, but <laughs> the new the new <laughs> Jerusalem is not killing this planet.
0: Sure. So So... But, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm tracking with everything
1: you're saying. I have a question. Does any, do either one of you guys want to take a stab at this first? It's hard because I'm not versed in the um, prophetic language, but me. I don't think it means uh, it's. I don't believe it means as literal as it, it, you would think just reading it just like that. So, so you don't okay, think it means uh, like? Wh- hold on one second, yeah, Lamech. I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I, I'm okay. going to bow out of okay. this okay. one, but I, so, I'm not convinced that it means. Um, literal Jerusalem, and I'm not convinced that it means something. Sure. So,
0: well, I, I I think what you're what you're saying. So so what what Lamech is saying. We only have two pairs of earphones in studio tonight, so I have to kind of. We've got three of us, so we're trying to work without one. We're, we're, one of us is missing a set of earphones, so. But the question is: Is the concern is is who is he? Who is is Zechariah talking to here? Uh, we are people of God, right? I mean, all three of us are men of God. Yeah. Lamech, he's a Christian; he's a man of God. Uh, does he have to go back to Jerusalem? Is that what this is saying? Yeah. And um, and you know what? What I would say is it's important to understand context. So, Lamech, it's important to understand uh, the, the, who, who, who the book of Zechariah is written to and why. Right, because because it's written to a real group of people during a real time, going through a real real thing. So not not all of Scripture is written to us; it's all written for us for our benefit. But it's not all descriptive of us. Right. So Zechariah, the book, it, it, uh, he he emphasized that God has throughout the like the entire book. If I was going to summarize the purpose of it, Zechariah emphasized that that God has used his prophets to teach or to, or to warn or correct his people. You know, during during this this a, a certain time in history, and unfortunately, uh, these people they refused to listen, and and their sin brought God's punishment. And that's what Zechariah is warning them about, right? That's what he's saying here that if we would obey God, then there's a reward in that, and that is that we gather in Jerusalem. And and but the book also bears evidence that that even prophecy could be corrupted. And history shows that uh, in this in this period specifically that Zechariah is writing in, prophecy it fell into disfavor among the Jews, and it led to a period between the 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 testaments when when no lasting prophetic voice uh, from God spoke out right so so that's the intertestimonial period and and so it led to a silencing of God and specifically the verses that you have in mind and and just give me a, just just hear me out for a second you know the Lord of Armies says behold I am going to save my people from the lands and of the east and from the west who is this talking to what I would argue is that Zechariah is talking to the people of ancient Israel ancient Jews so the people he's not. This isn't a prophecy. I mean, it, it speaks okay. to something today and informs us today for sure. There's something for us my to pull way. from here, but this specific my verse way. has a specific did purpose you, and meaning.
4: Did you hear me? Did no. you hear me? Now I can. Uh, okay. The the most important thing here for for my question, if you don't know, it's okay. But I want to know because God is talking in the present. God God, God talking about. Two nations and that's the important thing for me so I want to know because in this planet a lot of nations many nations are acting are acting badly against against uh, people who follow God who listening God yeah. who obey God yeah. many nations many nations and yeah. you know you see it with your eyes which nations are acting like in the bad way to destroy us, uh, the children of God. But they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, no matter what, no matter what. Um, And it's okay. If you don't know, it's fine. No, no, I, I think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue asking God to reveal in me which okay. two nations are because it is important. So I want to preach the word of God. Yeah. And I want to say, and I want to tell them the truth to the people to be aware. Absolutely. Be aware of them. So... Be aware of them. The second, the second question, my friend, is... <laughs> the second question is... Yeah. The children of one nation... Yeah. With the face, with the eagle face, they gonna be sending to destroy the children of the other nation with the with the eagle face. Who they are in? Who they are in?
0: Right. Yeah. And what S-
4: nation they are in? Who destroying? Who sending these children to destroy the children of the other nation with the two nations have eagle faces, eagle faces.
0: Yep. I, you hey, know, Lamech. I'm not. Yeah, hey, Lamech, You know, I, I'm not completely understanding your question uh, according to the scriptures that you're, you're referencing. To be honest with you, so, so maybe, the, maybe this falls into the category of I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I well, know that, that, I know say that, say that the prophet. Say say hold that, on one second, Lamech, I'm not done with my answer, buddy. Just hold on one second for me. I do know, like what, what we read in in Zechariah. Like I said, this is the context of a, of a passage. matters, right? There's certain things that are happening in ancient Israel. There's certain things that are happening to the Jewish people that are, that are there at that time when Zechariah is writing. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not foreshadowing into the future. And I think that this verse here shows us a little bit of foreshadowing into the future. Behold, I'm going to save my people from the land of the east and from the, from the west. And I'll bring them back and they'll live in the midst of Jerusalem. And this is, this is totally consistent of what Jesus has done, you know, and, and as heaven and earth Uh, combined and then the full consummation of of history is revealed and and, and satisfied as heaven and earth come together as Jesus comes back. And that's going to be when the new Jerusalem comes forward. Now, uh, I mean, the Jerusalem oftentimes is often referenced or at least foreshadowing of the the working of the church as well, uh, the modern church, you know, and, and they shall be my people. Hence the, the Christians. You can for, it's foreshadowing of that. But in this specific passage, Zechariah is prophesying to a certain people about a certain like a, a real life event that actually happened in real time space. But as far as what two countries are concerned here, I'm just really not picking up what you're uh, w- what you're asking. And then that could be. I mean, maybe I'm just not understand what you're saying. Um, so I'm going to have to probably say I don't know. Lamech is, is. I hope that's okay for you.
4: Okay. So the last thing, the last thing, and I hope you. And I hope you don't feel bad with my with my questions, okay? No. Nope. Last thing is uh, uh, do we have the 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 same the same Egyptians Egyptians in the actually the Egyptian was in the in Egypt who oppressing the 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 people of God in in Egypt. Do we have this kind of Egypt? Because I don't know how they look. I don't know how they look in the in this time. In the time that, that happened in Egypt. Yeah,
0: the Egyptians that are being mentioned in the Old Testament are a specific group of people that are being referenced in those, in those books by those authors. It's, it's, those aren't, they're, they're, they're not in reference to Egyptians today. Now, like I said with the Zechariah passage, it doesn't mean that there's not foreshadowing there. So there's a little bit of maybe interpretation work that we have to do. But let's remember, like I said before, Lamech, that the context is king. Context matters. So when we read the scripture, not everything we read is um, is descriptive. I mean, is prescriptive. It's not not everything that we read in the Bible is is meant for us to carry out or to follow exactly. Um, There's certain things that are just descriptive, meaning they're they're a history of what happened in the in the in the ancient past. And uh, and so when we read a lot of these, you know, verses or a lot of these things that happened in ancient uh, Egypt. It's talking about a specific uh, group of people who lived at a specific time. So I, I hope that okay. answers I hope that answers your question, Lamech.
4: Well, thank you very much hey, th- and uh thank you. And, uh, I appreciate your time and uh last question, please. Last sure, question. sure, one more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry Question. I read the Bible and I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna take the uh I mean if I read something Yep. I want to clarify what I read. Absolutely. I so, what's the crazy. question, Lamech? I don't want to be. I don't want to be crazy with my mind <laughs> to be out. To be out with the scripture while I'm reading. Okay. Okay. And, let's um, let's I get to the last question. About the, About the three wise men. Yeah. From what land? From what country? Because this is the New Testament. From what country specifically? These guys. These three guys came. Sure. Came so from where did the where
0: did the three wise men come from? That what countries did they come from? I think that's a good question, and we can talk about that. Uh, that we're gonna we're hitting up the three wise men right now in yeah. our discussion. So, so let me get to that, Lamech. But in the meantime, I'm going to let you go if that's okay. But keep listening. Is that cool? Thank
4: you, thank you very much. Thank hey, you, Lamech. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you are you are an amazing man. I am um, I'm right. really appreciative of your call. Thank you for, and you're so excited. All right, thank you, that's thank cool. you, thank you. It's uh, I love talking to people who are so excited. So his <laughs> his last question is is uh, where were the where where the three wise men from? Do you guys know the answer off the top of your minds? I don't.
2: I have an idea, but okay, it's just an idea. Um, and, I, and other people have had this idea that um, that the reason that these wise men were looking for looking to the heavens for signs was that they uh, they had knowledge from Daniel from Daniel's time. So mm-hmm. Daniel was Daniel was um, had colleagues in the um, in the mystical arts, and that this Daniel's influence was what they were remembering. So this is probably someplace back in the uh, Iran, maybe what is now modern modern day Iran. So, I
0: I generally agree with that. All we're told in scripture is they're from the east. Yeah, we're not told that
2: <laughs> I countries. actually,
0: off the top of my mind,
2: I don't even know if we're told how many. I don't think so. You know. So I, I mean, I think that. Enough to cause a stir, although it may not take that many if they looked um, wealthy enough. But generally, if you were wealthy, you had a large caravan of of servants and people that could fight off robbers because this was not a good time for for three rich men to travel alone to travel, with right. expensive gifts. There are people on the road looking for you. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it was a dangerous as, world. As Jesus story about the uh, the Good Samaritan describes, this was a common occurrence.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to open up Matthew. So I, I, okay, I'm going off memory here, so I'm not 100% sure, but I think Matthew is actually the only place, the only gospel. I believe With so, the wise men. Yeah. With the wise men, I think. And so I'm looking up Matthew. Okay, there's the conception. So it's going to be in Matthew 2, Visit of the Magi. Okay, so let's, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read these verses, okay? And, and then we can stop wherever we stop. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east, okay, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? That must have made Herod super stoked. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. He gathered gathered together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and inquired of them uh, where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For this is what has been written by the prophet. And then they go on the quote. Uh, what are they quoting? They quote a bunch of different prophets here. Um, I think it's Micah. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going, again, I don't have footnotes here. Micah 5 2. Is it Micah? Okay. And, and uh, you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for from you will come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This is so cool. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and, and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I may come to worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star, which had been seen in the east, went on ahead of them until it came to stop over the place where the child was to be found. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after they came into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of golden gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after being warned by God in a dream not to return to Herods, the Magi left for their own country by another way. And then it's an escape to Egypt when, when Jesus and his family flee. That's all we know about the Magi. Hmm. That's it. Now, what does that do to some of the stories? Well, where are they from, uh, Lamech? We just don't know. From we the can, east. They're from the east. I mean, we can we can. Um, what's it called when you make a guess? We can in, guess. infer. you. know, we can infer. We can we can uh, think we know where they're from, but the scripture just isn't clear. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, um, so we don't know. We don't know how many there were. We know they gave three types
1: of gifts but we don't know how much of each gift we're presuming a lot i will say this they are very important if they've got an immediate audience with herod well they're kings right so they're so they're 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 important people enough to where what they're saying and the message that they're bringing and the the question that they're asking about where is he is enough to shake Herod to his core. And and
0: notice that Herod also doesn't question them. Right. He believes them. So there's our, they obviously come to him with an authority. Like these guys know what they're talking about. It's not like, oh, whatever. Right. You know, it's like, oh, wow, I need to be concerned about this. You know, and um yeah, but but what's this do to the you know, to the picture of Christmas for us? you know by looking at Matthew you know number 1 uh notice that that Jesus it's clear that Jesus isn't the little baby by the time they get there you know in in the, 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 the they it's oh man i just closed the the bible but it's 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 fairly clear that it's after his birth they weren't there for his birth
2: right and Herod actually is looking for everyone two years and, and younger well so it absolutely. sounds like at least a year has passed
0: and actually the 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 word used in matthew to describe jesus uh is the word that's that means infant or toddler it's paedion paedion, and it's it's a kid kid yeah it's a it's a you know a, it, somebody that's that's uh two or younger is normally how that's that's used, so it's not a baby. It's you know, Jesus wasn't just birth. So all of our manger scenes, we gotta we gotta put up two manger scenes. Okay, we gotta put up the the manger Passage scene. Of time. Yeah, with uh with that, <laughs> but it needs to be a house with Jesus in a feeding trough inside the house. The,
2: the lower room of the
0: house. The lower room, and then we have to get another <laughs> major scene where Jesus is like a little a little kid, like a two year old or a toddler. And we have 150,000 magi. (laughs) You know? It changes your... It definitely changes our view. But again, we're after what's true here. Like, not what makes us feel good. Chris, I feel a little tension in you right now. Are you okay? Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm just reading the text. I'm I'm actually... I'm going to play the dumb dumb guy here and and ask, how do you guys know that they're kings?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I I think... I don't know where that came in. And... that may have just—I uh, think that was something that was added later, maybe because he had that audience with uh, King Herod. Gotcha. But, so it's um, it's
1: it's it's basically just assuming based on their uh, immediate meeting, essentially. I think so. Okay. I think I think that's where it's
0: from. Well, Sorry, I, I, I thought
1: I, I thought I was missing something.
0: No, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good question. I, I'm wondering uh, the word magi. That what what does magi mean? You know, and is is a translation of it. I mean, because we call them the Magi, the wise men, and the king or a king. That's the way I've always like. You three three kings, or is that we three kings. We three kings of Orion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so, it, it's common to refer to them as king, but I would assume that's because of what the uh, how the how the scripture is translated. Whatever that word is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, for wise men or magi specifically, what that is, and I don't have an interlinear right, right. Yeah, for I, me.
2: I don't know offhand. Um, magi is uh, plural for magus, and uh, I think at the time that translation was chosen, that would probably refer to anyone that had um, was knowledgeable about what were considered deep things. So. Mm-hmm. Wiseman. men they could that could be considered a scholar or a wizard or a lot of probably a lot of things back then right um but the, it definitely denoted people that were um learned in some sort of um art some sort of uh inquiry yeah i'm looking at an literary
0: right now um trying to see yeah you're right i mean i i don't know so why do we know why do we say king? Maybe it's cuz tradition, right? Yeah. You know, tells us we've well, we we got three kings. Yeah, we three kings. <laughs> so, did
1: it's we just song. did we just find another manger scene? <laughs> yeah. Now we need another
0: manger scene. <laughs> so, our ma- manger m- mantle is growing and growing and growing. You know, in the last 5 minutes I kind of want to talk about this last point because we celebrate when we celebrate Jesus's birth on December 25th. Is that actually his birthday though? You know, is that when he was born?
2: Well according to uh the show big bang theory it's uh based <laughs> on the the Roman holiday of Saturnalia <laughs> which i don't know how factual that is but it's probably there's probably some truth to it um some version of a roman holiday was well sheldon said it was aligned it, to it right if sheldon said it but it <laughs> it um the story is that it was uh it was aligned with the pagan holidays as many. As many Christian holidays were at the time, yeah. I think post Constantine, that um, to dis- kind of displace the the pagan festivals. Or... Yeah,
0: I think I think there's some truth in that, but I think the larger truth that I kind of want to pick up is I I think that it's good argument to come to an understanding that Jesus wasn't born in the winter. Mm. You know, and and the main line is um, the, that I would argue is that the shepherds. When they when the angels came to the shepherds, they're they, out at night. They're out at night in the fields, and that would
2: indicate springtime. I've been in Jerusalem in the winter, and <laughs> cold. Yeah. it's cold. Yeah, in it's the, in yeah. the hills in the hill country. It's
0: cold. Yeah, and so the shepherds <clears throat> who are tending their sheep, they're tending their sheep because it's springtime, and this is the time when the sheep are feeding and also giving birth to new sheep, and this is. Uh, the, according to the Bible, there's the, according to the Bible, Jesus. They didn't give Jesus his birthday. It doesn't give us a month. Doesn't give us a time of year. <coughs> Excuse me. But from the surrounding evidence, I think it's fair to assume that he was born in the spring. Uh, does this matter? No. I mean, I'm I'm going to argue. I'm going to say that it does not matter. I mean, that's kind of the last question. Does this totally blow up the Bible? Well, well no. It blows up our false perceptions. Of maybe what we think,
1: which is great, which is good.
0: Yeah, why is it
1: good? Well, because we want truth. That's right. We want to know what's what. That's right. I don't like to frame my belief around uh, traditions or man-made ideas about things or some hallmark card with a manger scene on it. Yeah,
0: I I agree, one hundred percent. You know, I I thought I, I don't think does does this ruin Christmas? No. I actually think it makes it better <clears throat> because we have a more accurate understanding of the most important event in human history. Yeah. You know, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we want to believe all true things about him, not fanciful stories. You want to right. say something, Joel?
2: Well, it's like uh, we were kind of talking on during the break about um, the historical films. Like, I the his, if you watch a film about history, even a very good film, you'll get a, some interpretation. You'll get some you know some poetic license and you'll probably get some uh falsehoods as well just misunderstandings right. that the filmmakers had or whatever and but it leaves you with a kind of a false sense that you know what happened back then right and so when i w- watch a historical film part of me would wishes there was something scrolling on the bottom saying which parts were <laughs> wrong yeah. Artistic like this license. Didn't happen. Artistic license. This didn't happen. He didn't say this. But it's also <laughs> just because it's not in the scripture doesn't mean it didn't happen.
0: Right. Right. And <laughs> taking <laughs> artistic license is is, is fair. I, I like this stuff because now I, I challenge you guys listening. When you're singing your Christmas carols in church or whatnot, listen. And I'd like to figure out, well, how much of this is actual truth? How much is it is embellishment? How much of it is just straight up false? Because um, this is important, we want we want to believe things that are true. But in the end, guys, like when we look at just the few events uh, as they occurred, factually occurred, and, and we see that Jesus was indeed born in very humble beginnings, you know, to, to humble people. His first visitors were from humble descent. You know, they were they were the nobodies, they were yes. the have-nots, and 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 I love that. You know, they weren't the, the the people who came to him first weren't rich and powerful. They weren't the Magi. They were they were shepherds right. and and common people like you and me you know you know men who were considered low and and on the social ladder were nothing uh, during that time and, and and it's these men who were the first to see God in the flesh and it's these men who spread the word that the Savior was born it's because of these men that the world was changed not because of these super rich and powerful that's the stuff that I like to think about this time right and, yeah. you know and uh, anyways uh, that's our music that means we're done <laughs> yikes wow. It goes just like that.
1: I know, so fast. Merry Christmas to yeah, all. Guys, yeah, guys. Merry, Merry Christmas.
0: Christmas. <laughs> this is. Uh, it feels early to say that, but it is mer- a very, very happy Christmas to everybody. Celebrate listening. the Lord. That's right, and remember who Jesus really is, uh, our our Lord and Savior, given to us. the The, the only gift that we ever need is, is was born on on uh, Christmas Day. That might
1: December 25th December 25th <laughs> I'll let you have it Chris December 25th don't ruin this me. But, uh, but
0: you guys are amazing and thank you for listening to Apologetics.com radio for Joel and Chris I'm John Noise and uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you next month have a good one bye